Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now that you've taken on that big job, you shouldn't have to settle for the big box. You've earned a trip to Northern Tool, and we're ready for the details. We know all about the little things that make the biggest difference. Maybe that's why they call us a problem solver's paradise. From pressure washers to power tools, pallet jacks to push carts, Northern Tool and Equipment carries the brands you depend on, like North Star, DeWalt, Milwaukee, and Strongway. We're made for this. Come see us in-store or shop online at northerntool.com. Hello and welcome to the first gameplay podcast of 2023. A very happy new year to you listeners. And unfortunately, like I mentioned on the supporter content pod, Japes is unfortunately dealing with COVID in the family, so is taking the week off. But yes, we have an exciting lineup this week with, as we so often have had recently, Spreadsheet FIFA, aka Josh. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, clearly the, the COVID is really getting to Japes because he thinks Vieira is bad and he's just not. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We kind of convinced him on the pod that this was something that he should do. I mean, I, I haven't used him. It was a, a collective effort from Hugh and you and, and various loads of people have said he's really good. But Japes, not a fan. I'm sure he'll be back to talk about that in the near future. Now, I wanted to come to you, Josh, just quickly, because uh, for those who didn't catch the content pod, not yet supporters, if you'd like to be one, uh, just search support for weekly. Might not have heard you talking about the fact that League SPCs are finally here. You'll have plenty of content about that in the coming weeks, including on this podcast and beyond. Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. Spreadsheet FIFA, if you want to uh, if you want to see any of that. I've, I've said how I would grind it a few times. Perfect. And yes, this is a gameplay pod, so we have gameplay expertise in a second. First of all, we have Brammers. Hello, welcome to the pod. Hello, happy new year. Yes, I'm definitely not the gameplay expertise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> that that is our next guest. And you did say you've been doing all right. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, but that's because I haven't been playing. So like, I'm still being paired with people who have only just got the game or developed motor function. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And for those who don't know, Brammers is a gameplay critic and consultant and yeah, long-term friend of the pod, not been on for a while, so it's good to have you back. Up next bringing the gameplay expertise as a pro player. It's Dr. Nightwatch, aka Ivan. Happy New Year. 
Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Yeah, great to have you back. And since you've been on last, we've had a lot of content, as you'd expect. But the Christmas period has brought some pretty competitive looking players. That doesn't necessarily mean that they'll make it into a pro player squad because of the squad restrictions and that need for, I guess, familiarity with those players. But are any of them taken your fancy recently? So I haven't been using many of them, but for one, you have the loans of the winter wildcards, which at pro level is really good because we can use loans. Oh, so I'm looking yeah. forward to using some of the uh, some of the loans I've gotten. I think in, in terms of pro teams, you'll probably be seeing Mendy, obviously. Mm. Probably Varane, although I'm not that sure he's that good this year. Okay, Benzema is an interesting one. You have to see how he really plays in game. But in terms of the winter wildcards, I think last year was slightly a better promo, at least from, from a pro usability point of view mm. other than that i think i'm looking forward to like the centurions promo that's yet to come out and obviously team of the year and in terms of players you've used Ramos, i know you hinted at the fact you'd talk about tony cruz mm. which is an spc people can still complete if they'd like to yeah it's available until january 9th um it's about 260k according to foot.gg um and nice. he is uh I mean, it's Tony Cruz, five-star, five-star. I imagine there are shortcomings that mean he is not suitable for very high-level play, but um, I had Rodrigo de Paul as well, and I was looking for a midfield combo that would get some chemistry. And um, yeah, he's been nothing short of excellent for me. Um, He's got base 96, short and long passing, fantastic vision, really high, like 94 reactions and I think 92 composure. And, you know, he's just... It's nice to have that we always it's always a meme, you know, is there gonna be a usable Tony Cruz in, in FIFA and and obviously we have to wait for a special version. <laughs> but um, you know, it's nice to have him in there. It plays beautiful football off either foot. Uh, and I just I love having a five star skiller in the center of midfield, like just doing ball roll scoops around people and breaking passing lanes that way and stuff. Um so yeah, just fabulous fun. Obviously quite an expensive card, mm. but uh I know that I won't need to change my midfield for Weeks probably until uh, at least team of the year. Yeah. So um, yeah, very happy with it. And does he feel good on the ball? What chemistry style do you have on him? Because I was wondering whether he did actually feel good on the ball because he's not the most agile, is he? And he's got like eighty-four dribbling or something. I don't know. He he feels really good to me. I, I've got shadow on him just for the bit of extra pace. I don't know if that's optimal, yeah. but um, you know the things I do with it, I just you know I do elasticos and ball roll scoops and flick the ball over people's heads and stuff, and I, it feels really good to me. Um, he can move nicely mm-hmm. in in sort of tight spaces and then bash the ball through to an attacker sort of out of nowhere yeah. i feel very comfortable when he gets the ball um i've had a lot of, i've tried a lot of midfielders um who sort of flattered to deceive seemed like they would be good but come end off feeling a bit clunky but no he's felt very smooth to me yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, and we can move on to you, Josh. Anyone you would like to review yourself? Joao Felix, the winter wildcards. Ah, yeah. I, I got Pat's Chloe Griezmann. And so with him as five-star, mm. five-star, I've been kind of looking for good links, especially club links, so that then it's fairly easy to get him on full chemistry. And so I was kind of just waiting for a special Felix. And this is not disappointed at all. I bought him because, you know, I had some coins burning a hole in my account and I decided I wanted to give him a go. And honestly, exactly what you'd expect him to be, um, you know, really, really nippy on the ball. I felt like he was a little slower than I was expecting him to be. Mm. But, you know, actually manoeuvring the ball, whether it be shooting or passing, 
Um, he 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 was good technically in both areas. I definitely felt like the ninety composure really helped there too, and kind of weirdly strong, which I wasn't expecting. Kind of his his stats don't suggest it, but he didn't mm. get knocked off the ball too much. Um, and I also think players that have the ability to move from a wing from like any wing position and centrally are really, really valuable in terms of team building. Like he can play striker, center forward, right mid and right wing. And so it Mm. allowed, you know, you can change your team up and he can move about and still stay in it. I would be surprised if his, if his price really like tanks too much further. Five star, four star isn't going to be superseded by like a five, five player too soon. And, Mm. you know, you compare him to somebody like the Dembele winter wild cards. I think they're, quite a solid comparison in terms of you know both are tricky skillful attackers um Dembele obviously a little bit more memey and yeah I, I I've really enjoyed him he's like 600k which is quite expensive mm. but yeah I I think you'll get more production out of him or more consistent production out of him than you would out of Dembele who's going for a similar price yeah talking of five stars because I've used Jazzinho for his uh, four-game loan plus some extra in friendlies and felt he was very, very good. It's just that thing of whether you want to commit the a million coins worth of fodder to him, whether he fits your team, whether you don't mind the slight problem he could cause if you don't have Brazilian players for chemistry. So, I don't know. I'm not going to say go out and do him definitely because he's amazing, but he is amazing. It's just whether that is worth the commitment with things potentially to come. I wanted to move on to a little bit of tactics chat and something I was noticing when chasing the game with a three at the back formation, 3-4-2-1. I actually found it was really good against 4-3-2-1 players and was wondering, even though we talked about three at the backs not being so relevant this cycle on a past podcast, what your thoughts were on this, Ivan, especially with that being so prevalent, the 4-3-2-1 in the pro scene. So I do think three at the back is effective against a 4-3-2-1 more than other formations in terms of defending it. Mm. But I don't think it's that good when going forward against the formation that defends in a 4-4-2. Uh, so again, yeah. I think it's somewhat of a, again, a mismatch because the 4-3-2-1 is so kind of overpowered. Mm. It does counter defensively because you have kind of three center backs against the three strikers. So kind mm. of you always man mark, so to speak. Whereas when you have four at the back, they're always in between the defenders. So it's really mm. easy for the AI to do that run through ball and, and you're in, even when you're around the box. Uh, the only thing with which it doesn't help, like the main thing, is again, you have two midfielders against three. So it's very easy for your mm. opponent to keep the ball in the center of the pitch and find their strikers or or go down the wings. And just generally, I think in theory, the best formation that would work against 4-3-2-1 is a... Formation with three center backs and three midfielders. So a 5-3-2, a 3-1-4-2. But those formations don't really, for one reason or another, separate issues, don't defend the way they should. So the 5-3-2, the center mids, if you've ever played it, they play really wide. It's not, mm. they don't they don't stay in the middle of the pitch like the YCMs. They play between a winger and the center mid. So they're kind of useless. It's really easy to play mm. around them. Really easy. And the three one four two, it just doesn't work as intended. You have two left mids and two right mids, and one center mid. Mm-hmm. So 
it it doesn't work uh, the way it's intended at all. So the only two formations that in theory would help you out against uh, the four three two one, they don't work. So I don't think like the best counter to it is just matching it and just hope you're better. So mm. yeah, and to answer your question at pro level, last year I know there was a lot of three five twos. I think this year some people tried it, but just because the four three two one is so good, I don't think people mm. have like people have given up on the three slash five backs. Even Dylan Mike, who has been a sworn uh, five-back player since the start of last year, has obviously switched because you can't not. I know a lot of people use 4 4 yeah. but you have to be really, really, really good to use that. I think only really Tex, Dostry, and Anders, top of my head, are consistently good with them. Yeah, I think also the three in midfield allows you to cover the fullbacks better. And I do think, you know, at all levels of the game, fullbacks going forward can be really, really helpful for unlocking defenses, it's fair to say. So even at pro level now, you see a meta develop where people aren't satisfied with sending one fullback forward. They send two fullbacks forward. And I'm guilty of it. I've been playing that for the past month and I've never been better at this game. I just (laughs) send both fullbacks forward and I have two center backs at the back. If I get caught on counters, fine, but I have pacey defenders. And it's one of those where kind of the real life football principle, you don't want to get caught on counters. You want to always end your attack with a shot or like a chance for the ball to go out of play. Just because in mm. FIFA, when you do that, immediately from the goal kick, you defend on a 4-4-2. And your fullbacks are back, your your team is back in defensive shape. Whereas if you lose the ball and get countered, you have two center backs, realistically. So it either becomes a game of uh, an end-to-end game where you counter each other or it just becomes a game where you overwhelm your opponent with your fullbacks and there's little they can do. Mm. And actually, we should hear from our other guests here. Brammers, any tactical questions, any tactical points? What's been working for you? Yeah, it's interesting to listen to the discussion about the 4-4-2 because that's the one I'm using. Mm. And I'm not a very tactical person in FIFA. I, I don't for whatever reason, have the strategic brain for it. Um, but I tend to find something that just kind of works for me and then play around it. Um, and 442 has been my jam this year uh, with, you know, really basic instructions like 71 depth, press after possession loss, a bit of stay back on a few players, and that's about it. Um, and I sort of play to whatever the meta is. So the biggest sources of goals are kind of wide play, particularly because there's so much pace now, you can just run around the opposing team. And then sort of those neat little passing combinations around the box and lots of L1 dribbling and Trevellas whenever, you know, when I'm feeling a bit naughty. <laughs> but the uh, the thing that I can't do at all is defend with it. Just absolutely every game is either a, I said this on the other podcast, is either a 2-0 kind of rage quit or it's like six goals each. And, and you know, it's a toss up who will win. Um, I, I Mm. it's the most goals I can remember in a FIFA game, um, both both scoring and conceding. And I just kind of assumed that, that because I was scoring so many, which is not typical either, that I was conceding because the game is quite hard to defend in comparatively. But now listening to um, what Ivan's saying, I'm wondering whether it is that I'm just using a formation which leaves me very open. If you were sort of advising somebody who was generally having no issue scoring, but was having a lot of trouble keeping stuff out at the other end. Um, is there a particular formation or approach that just on a very basic level you would advise people to sort of move towards? Well, I'm actually surprised that you score a lot with 4-4-2 because I think the formation generally is harder to attack with 
this year compared to other formations. Mm, interesting. Maybe the reason you can see so much is because what your opponent is playing. As I said, once you face the 4-3-2-1, it's very difficult to to keep a clean sheet or 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 just low amount of chances against yourself. I mean, if you have no issues of scoring, it's always worth trying a three slash five back or a more congested midfield. Mm. But I think it's you would kind of ruin something that works for you going forwards. I think it's just be more patient in defense <laughs> or just coming to grips with the fact that you will concede. So might as well just yeah. outscore your opponent. That's my approach this year. And it's been working working out well for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I don't mind it. Like, I, to be honest, I'll, I'd, I'd rather have a high-scoring, fun game than um, a kind of attritious sort of uh, game where I just can't seem to get anything together. So um, I've been enjoying it a fair bit. Yeah, I think it's probably similar for myself, to be honest, in terms of games generally being quite high-scoring. But Josh, what about you? Is, is that a similar experience to you? And uh, are you playing uh, the four? I, I think you were playing a bit of narrow, weren't you, before? Uh, I was playing narrow on a hundred width. So I was oh, like, Oh, that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of things in FIFA tend to work a lot on the extremes. And so I was seeing if I could go with a narrow formation, playing a hundred width and, and see how that works. And I, I enjoyed it, but I've just gone back to my kind of old trusty four, two, three, one. I, I feel like it gives me the most kind of comfortability. That's not a word, but you know, <laughs> it makes me feel comfortable when I play with it. I know the passing lanes that I can use, I feel defensively solid. It still gives me enough going forward. Um, And I have like, in my tactics, I'll have at least two of my tactics will be in that formation with a slight variation of instructions so that I can get a DM to go forward or get a wing back to go forward, just kind of change it up a little bit without completely changing formation and having to try and play a different style within the same game. Mm. I found it interesting when you were talking about Varane and you said you felt like Varane wasn't really it this year. What is it that a pro player would look at in somebody like Varane and go, he's not really it compared to whatever the kind of meta centre-back is that's being used right now? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say he's not it. He, He would obviously be a choice for a lot of people. But I think, especially this year with chemistry, at pro level, if you want to have that 33 out of 33 points, you have to be kind of picky. And I know Varane is United French BPL. Um, but with the way, I don't know, the choices are at pro level and the 90% of the team that you're in a way forced to play, maybe five, six players you would see in every team. I think you have center back pairings that you're kind of used to or that you're pretty reluctant to change. And especially with the way, I don't know, um, with the way Varane has been this year, kind of a, a body type and, and just the way he, he's been on FIFA this year. I didn't like his regular item at the start of the year, which for me is kind of comparable to this item now because of the the the, the meta. He is a really, really good item. But I think me personally, I like more kind of bulky players. Your Van Dykes, your Koulibaly's, your Gvardiol, for example, speaking of players, is probably one of my favorite center backs in the game this year. Hmm. The new, uh, well, not new at this point, the Moroccan center back, the Al Yamik, kind of the more bulky, the bigger defenders that can just quick and strong. 
And I just don't think Varane falls into that bracket or just his body type kind of in-game because he's mm. unique. He's not the a high on average or or kind of the bulky unique. So mm. that's the reason that pro level, but I, I would say that's kind of maybe grasping onto straws. I'm sure a lot of pros would like him. But put it that way, if you had an unlocked account, I don't think you would see people using Varane uh, over some of the other defenders we currently have in the game. You don't mm. know how happy you've made Ben talking about El Yamik, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was about to mention that. Um, I did use him quite a while. And uh, yeah, it, it is just that pace, really. I mean, he's, he's ridiculously good in the air, actually, too. But yeah, his his speed across the ground was really nice. But I mean, honestly, nothing compared to Carlos Alberto now. I mean, the, the difference between max pace and like mid-90s pace is, is even, not- I would say, noticeable. Carlos Alberto can actually catch up with players that other centre-backs weren't necessarily catching up to uh, even El Yamik with his high pace and actually I mean I like having pros on because they often talk about how important pace on centre-backs is <laughs> I really think it is um, and I, I'd be interested to know though because a lot of pros have been using Lucio right um, he's not actually super fast but having played against him he definitely has enough in the other departments to kind of compensate for not having the very top end pace um, but I was just wondering you know what is the go-to centre-back wise do you think at the moment for for most pros. Obviously, there are some squad limitations which you know, are a factor in what people choose. But Yeah, I do think that Lucio, and you mentioned he doesn't have that high pace, but one, I think his body type, like the high and average, it stands out. And I think this mm. year, you notice the the 90 plus, like 92 plus defending more than in previous years. I think you notice it more and mm. more every year. And I think Lucio, ever since the start of the year where he had 91 and now the 93 on the new item, you can definitely feel it with the body type. Obviously, he is slightly slower um, compared to like a Varane or another type of center back, but it's kind of a must-have in your team. Uh, just for mm. comparison, I don't think Militao is that good either, and I think a lot of pros kind of agree. I don't think we've liked Militao as much, or uh, mm. even a ba- base Maldini. I remember using him at the start of the year, even when you could have made him lengthy and it was meta. I didn't like him that much. I just didn't feel he was kind of strong enough and he didn't have that Lucio kind of aura. So I think mm-hmm. a Lucio Van Dyke partnership is maybe slightly too slow, but a Lucio El Yamik or a Lucio Guardio, right now I'm using Guardio El Yamik just because of kind of an asylum fodder. <laughs> so, and I think it's a, it's a really, really good partnership. They're really quick. They're really strong. They're good in the air, left foot, right foot. So... I think those type of center backs, they're, they're kind of a must-have this year, especially at competitive level where you have to play against the R9s, the Mbappes, the Ginolas. Yeah, on that, let's take a break and I'm going to be back in just a moment to ask about crossing. Hello, and in this break, it is a new year, so it's a time for looking back and looking forward. And I wanted to say thank you very much for all your support again in 2022 and moving forward into 2023. The pod has now been running for, well, it's into its eighth calendar year, which is crazy. Something I'd never thought would be possible. And frankly, it wouldn't have been possible without support from those supporters out there. So if you're listening to this and thinking, "Mm, yeah, I could potentially spare £3 a month for twice the podcast content and that giveaway actually at the moment as well, the 36,000 FIFA point giveaway, uh, then as I always say, it's so greatly appreciated. You can keep the podcast going and get plenty in return too. It's really quick and easy to sign up. Uh, You can go to bit.ly slash Xmas 23 points. That's bit.ly slash Xmas 23 points or just search support for weekly 
Really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this and let's jump back into the podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello, welcome back. After the break, we're going to start by talking about crossing, as I mentioned. Unfortunately, we don't have Japes, the crosser himself, but I'm interested to know, and Flintren is, whether crossing is effective and any tips for it. I think crossing is the most broken it's been since I've started playing FIFA, and I've not played FIFA during mm. the 13, 14 days, or whenever it was the thing to do. And the reason for that is, well, one, crosses are assisted and accurate, right? And I think it's the way it's always been in FIFA. Have you got your settings set to assisted or semi-assisted? Uh, default, whatever is default. And I think that's assisted uh, on crossing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do think crossing is the most effective it's ever been. One, because it's always pretty pretty much accurate, especially if you do it after a ball roll. I think that's kind of a, a, a pro tip slash tactic that I can share, that everything you do after a ball roll is pretty precise especially ground passes but i think of mine is to kind of ball roll inside and cross uh, far post so especially when i see someone just running in the box regardless if they're alone if they're marked if there's two people on them it does not matter i just ball roll and cross and the main reason for crossing to be effective this year is because regardless of what your air switching air ball switching settings are whether it's manual loose balls air balls whatever I believe, and I can confidently say that the system uh, they have in place this year for kind of locking you on as a defensive team on air balls uh, doesn't mm. work properly or doesn't work as intended. Yeah, yeah. Even if uh, by some chance you get the correct defender switched on on a air ball, the moment you decide to clear it, the defender jumps like two feet, two yards, I don't know <laughs> measurements, but two meters away from the ball. And tries to head like just the air, and it looks really funny on replays. It just it, it's absurd. They just don't calculate the trajectory properly, so you're always left with a free header. And more often than not, if you have the composure, just chest it down because no one's really going to be attacking you anyways, and just have a free shot on goal from the edge of the small penalty box. So I do mm. think it's really effective. I don't like that it's effective because there's no real counter to it. But it is effective, yeah. If you grab one of the players in proximity to the attacker that they're going to cross to, can you just like stop your player competing for it and then try and block the resulting action? In theory, yes. You have to... But then I guess they get a free header potentially. Yeah, so it's not... But in theory, you have two options. One is to use a mechanic that I don't think anyone really knows, not even pros, but like you have the cancel, which is the L2R2 that we all know. But you also have the super cancel, which is L2, R2, L1, R1. And mm. if you are an octopus and you press all four of these <laughs> triggers, bumpers at the same time, and you have the reaction to do it, whatever your player is doing, they stop doing it. So mm. if you're running towards a loose ball and you press all four, the player will stop running towards that ball. Whereas if you cancel, he will still continue running towards that ball. He'll be locked on. So there's a few scenarios where that actually helps. 
that's one of them. You can you see a cross whip tin, you press all all four, and then you're ready for kind of the 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 knockdown or whatever. And the other thing is, which I kind of do uh, as a workaround the uh, the airball issue is because the game thinks you have possession of the ball. That's why you can't switch, you can't run away. Uh, you player lock. So you see your opponent crossing, you player lock, and you switch to another player, and you start running around freely with that defender. Whereas the AI is locked into the ball and there's nothing you can do about it. And so you kind of it, try to intercept the pass or the knock-on or whatever the resulting play may be with the player you've player locked to. It's kind of complicated to explain, a lot easier to explain visually, but it's all of these are kind of workarounds the, the the crossing kind of meta, I would say. Mm, yeah, because that's another question we had actually uh, from Flintman, who also asked about crossing, is how much you're using player lock. Uh, I've faced quite a few people recently using it to um, make it look like they make it run, but then to switch back straight to the player that they were using before in the hope that you've kind of moved away from them and created more space. Is that the kind of situation you use it in? Uh, you're using it quite a bit. Any tips on that? I mean, I use a lot of player lock. When the mechanic was first introduced, I think a week into the game, I was doing some really creative plays just because I think I like that feature. I do think it's I do think it's overpowered, mm. and I think it's coming. It's been coming for a year, a year and a half. Just a player lock meta where every second pass is a player lock at pro level, just because it's yeah. very assisted. It it allows you to kind of control two players at once, three players at once because of you can f- bait a run. Your opponent tracks it, and you switch to another player, and he's free. So I think it's really effective. Definitely one of the most overpowered and un, unappreciated features out there. So I would advise people to learn how to use it. And even if you're not good at it, it just creates chaos and confusion. I know when people play a lock against me, I'm like, oh, what do I do now? No, who do I defend? And most of the time, I catch myself just being passive because I don't know what they want to do and i don't want to leave any gaps open when i play a lock by accident i don't know what to do either <laughs> exactly and I'm the attacking team. exactly how are they supposed to defend you <laughs> yeah i think it's a really good mechanic i think the issue is that it may be too assisted but i think that was partly to encourage people to use it more i suppose i'm sure they would well, hopefully would balance it if it became more popular because the thing about for or fifa is that you don't control that many of the players and that means that there's more variance if you're controlling more players or had influence over more players on the pitch, I think the game would probably be more enjoyable. It would feel like you were having more impact and the kind of randomness would be less frustrating. Uh, but obviously that isn't the case. So something like Player Lock is doing that to some extent. I think that's good. I actually think that you should be able to use your, uh, I don't know what people think about this, but you should be able to use your right analog stick. So use your left analog stick to control one defender and your right analog stick to control another. That's, that's how... Second man press should definitely work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can see that it is something that would be quite difficult for people to get to grips with. But I think if we have player lock now, uh, maybe it is something that could be brought in to, to balance that a bit. Could be optional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it I think be required, it could yeah. be a setting that you can choose to have one way or another if you wanted to. Mm. It would just allow kind of going to that next level of as you said, kind of multitasking and having your brain work kind of overtime. If I'm not mistaken, mm. another um, football game on the market, eFootball or Pez or however, uh, I think that's the way they have yeah. it, where you can have two cursors on your team and 
with both analog steered. And from the little I've played uh, the game a year ago, it is really, really difficult. But I think that's maybe mm-hmm. a positive. If you can do it, then fair mm-hmm. play to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. And uh, we come to someone who, despite me telling him continuously to do it, still hasn't mastered or even tried time finishing, I think. Wow. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, play a lot. I've, I've mentioned it a few times in the pod. Have you ever had a play? Um, I, I mean, so my experience with player lock is that, uh, I would get into a dangerous position in the game, accidentally engage it, um, because I was panicking and then be very cross with it. Uh, I have, I've mm. had, I mean, I've dabbled and tried to get my head around it, but, um, no, I'm, I, I'm lazy about learning those sorts of, uh, more, uh, counterintuitive mechanics i suppose i see but you know you know like maybe you know it's a new year new year's resolution uh maybe i should renew my commitment to trying uh to uh master timed um finishing yeah yeah, yeah i get told yeah. off i you get see, told off in the discord because i say time shooting and people mock me so uh <laughs> <laughs> it's all spare time that we do this in mm-hmm. right well for most of us so you're thinking well i don't want to spend my time uh, necessarily going to school and learning something um, but actually you know for me that's more enjoyable than grinding league SBCs right it's just I guess that is like yeah. for some people learning a new skill in the game for gameplay is fun and, and rewarding people play in different ways and and that's totally fine hey uh, talking of someone who does lots of league SBCs and enjoys that grind but also uh, seems to have come up with uh, you know an interesting gameplay mechanic. Is it something that you uh, are giving yourself credit for, Josh? Or? Uh, n- no, I I have to respect not just because he employs me, uh, but Nepenthes <laughs> uh, was the first person I saw do it. And if you're going to time shots, this is the thing that will get you into timed finishing. Um, although this is more shooting because there's nothing about this that's like a tap in finish. Mm. If you flick the ball up by pressing in your um, thumbstick and then power shot from literally like any angle really. Uh, and you know, you can, you can manually aim it f- fairly well. It's got a really decent chance of going in. And if you time it with someone with like 70 plus long shots, it's definitely going in. Like I've never seen, I remember back in, I think it was like FIFA 13 or something, where if you were kind of just inside the opposition's half, you could take a shot. And because the keeper was like stood on the edge of the box, it would go over the head and into the net and you could score Mm. like these ridiculous long shots. And this is the most like it FIFA has been for six or seven (laughs) years for me. It's hilariously broken and I'm sure will get patched at some point but there is absolutely like a skill gap to it because as I say it's manually you know you've got to manually Mm. position it correctly and you need space because in order to kind of get the wind up to hit the shot and get the pop off you need space in midfield but if you've got somebody who sits very deep is not putting a lot of pressure on in midfield uh, do it once they will be trying to press you every time after that because it is honestly so broken and really, really fun. Yeah, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn that before I learn time finishing. To be honest, yeah. Well, it sounds like you need to do both, unfortunately. Well, or, or is right, it? Right. You don't have to do. You don't have to do both. But it definitely, it definitely helps. Much like with the Travellers, like when they got patched, they weren't as broken as they were pre-patched. Mm. But if you time them, you can still get the same kind of animations and still have the same results. So th- that's the kind of. If you want to score really nice long ranges, timing is massive. 
No, that's a good Which point. every game. Nice. Just saying, it is still broken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's no, it is still broken. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not broken, but um, like the kind of doing it from anywhere without timing it with yeah. players like yeah. weak foots and stuff that got a little bit more difficult. But if you time it. It's it's back. Di Maria. <laughs> yeah, Di Maria's actually finesse shots with Di Maria are really good, which is not the case for every player. And actually, Ivan, I think we agree on this. I feel like maybe we've talked about it before, but it is frustrating that what they did was nerf the outside foot shot, but not by, by very much, really. When it's clearly for me, and I can see it on replays, it's goalkeepers that are the issue, right? Most definitely. It's it was the same with finesse shots, I think. Either last year or the year before, I kind of lose track. Mm. It's always been the goalkeepers. It's not the, the shot itself. The shot itself is is fine. It's the way keepers react to it that that's not good. Yeah, yeah. And keepers, speaking of it, it's a weird one, speaking of a gameplay mechanic. And we, we've we talked about it at pro level with between each other and kind of as feedback. But the other day, I actually saw it on Reddit, which if I see a gameplay issue on Reddit, it means that it is a big gameplay issue. And it's about keepers being overpowered in a way that when you bring them out to close down an attacker, they're really, really mm. quick and there's little counter to it. The main yeah. counter to someone rushing their goalkeeper out is heel to ball roll for, for those that don't know. But you don't you can't ball roll anymore. You can't run past them. And most of the times you don't have the time to settle the ball to take a good shot because they're really just that quick. Especially when they dive, mm. they dive towards you. So they close the angle as well at a, at a ridiculous pace. So I think it's, yeah. it's a massive, massive issues in terms of finishing, especially with how hard sometimes it is to get in a 1v1. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a huge issue. Interesting. You mentioned heel to ball roll. So it's the uh, new heel to heel, yes. isn't it? Uh, as a good way to avoid yes, it. If so you, it's quite easy to do, actually. Yeah, well. if you just run towards the keeper and you heel to ball roll, instead of just ball roll, uh, you will find that the keeper kind of gets lost and you have a free net to score. Okay, that's good to know. So it's just hold L1 or LB and then go forwards and backwards on your right stick. So it's quite a straightforward one. It's a really good skill just generally to learn. If you're looking to learn one, definitely uh, go for that one. It's new this year. Looks kind of cool as well. Um, And yeah, I've done regular heel to heels and they're kind of all right but yeah i think heel to ball roll would be better also i guess passing it if you can but i I rarely find that the the pass is on in that situation so uh yeah brahmas did you want to add something in um, no no i was just going to say that it's uh this is why you should vote for van jermelinkovic savage for pound for pound powerhouse because yeah yeah, i was saying he just races out a goal and and I would say, like you know, at least seven, eight times out of ten, he's getting there, and uh, before the player realizes and can react. Yeah, if you're quick on the keeper charge, and yeah, with him even more so, yeah, it's really advantageous, and I'd recommend people to do it. We're talking about this on the content pod too. And the final thing I was going to say, I'll just whip round and ask this question about uh, the ball bouncing back to opponents after manual tackles. This is something that Dom asks. Lots of people ask. It's something that apart from, I think, last cycle has just been a regular thing people have brought up. The fact that manual tackling often is punished because you end up tackling the ball back to your opponent. Uh, Is there anything, Ivan, that you've found which has been effective at stopping this? And do you think it is worse than last year? It certainly seems like it is. I felt like last year was pretty good. There wasn't too much of it. Yes. Yeah, so the most effective thing to do to avoid uh, tackling and the ball bouncing back to your opponent is uh, to uh, not tackle. Uh, that's what I found most <laughs> effective for me. Uh, in all seriousness, I don't think there's something you can do about it. I think tackling and interceptions are 
more rewarding to the attacker than they should be. Uh, so I've learned to just defend more passively and not bring out my defenders, my center backs, even when I'm sure I'm going to get the tackle in. And one of those where I just mm. let them run into me and tackle them. And if it just goes back, I still at least have my defender in position. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. I do think it is worse than previous years, but it's one of those where you just sit, hope for a patch, hope for a fix mm-hmm. and kind of learn to deal with it and work around it. Yeah. I'll also say, I don't know whether Josh is something you've noticed, but the discrepancy between the quality of attacker and defender does make a big difference. Like Lucio versus, uh, you know, an average reaction, aggression, dribbling, ball control player. He's pretty much always going to win the tackle and win the ball. But uh, if you're up against Mbappe with you know regular Varane, you're in trouble sort of thing. Yeah, and it, well, I was actually quite happy to arrive and say it earlier that the defending stat is important this year. The number of people mm. I see using really attacking midfielders and especially among content creators then complaining when a midfielder doesn't intercept something or doesn't put a leg out and you're going, they've got like 65 interceptions. Of course, they're not going to go and like throw a leg out like the opponent centre-back is going to do. There, mm. There is a massive, massive importance to it this year. In terms of getting the ball back, now I used to play the other game um, I used to play Pez quite a lot and there was an update where they brought that out because that had a big issue with the ball bouncing back to your opponent when you tackled. And they said, we're going to release all physics that we do when a tackle is made and the ball bouncing back to your opponent got even worse. I.e. they weren't affecting the like power that was given into the ball or, you know, modifying the direction and it got worse solely because... When you have somebody moving with a lot of momentum in one direction and they're kicking a ball, usually you tackle it into them and it kind of bounces back into their path. Mm. FIFA do actively change the direction of a ball after a tackle. They've shown it before in patch notes or pitch notes. They've shown that they they change the velocity and direction in tackles. And I just think it's not great this year. I think it's still like within the realms of probability, but I think this is where a real-life representation of what a ball would physically actually do in that situation and what should happen in a video game where you've timed a tackle perfectly are two different things. And I do think that's where the frustration comes as a player because even if it's maybe realistic... That's if I've timed it well. I want the ball back. I don't want him in one on one, and there's nothing I can do because my player's lying on the floor. Yeah, I totally agree with that because Bram is in real football. You see a player, especially a centre back, make a tackle and actually recover the ball. There'll be an applause from the crowd, right? It's something that isn't actually that common in real football, and is something that is very high skill. So although it's incredibly frustrating to see the ball bounce back, it probably is realistic. It just isn't something that should be in the game. And that's what Josh is saying. And, and actually last year, I remember in the pitch notes, they said basically they'd made a special effort to make the game, essentially they didn't say this, less realistic so that the ball wasn't going back to your opponent mm-hmm. when you tackled. And I think we probably need that again um, because I think they've let it slip a bit this year. Yeah, I think Josh's explanation of it was was excellent. I don't have a lot to add. I mean, I think the um, the thing that is an X factor here uh, is is that sort of player behavior in video games is is much more aggressive and there is no risk factor like you don't have people pulling out mm. of challenges at the last minute because they know they're going to get hurt in, if anything in fifa it's the opposite people go in harder because <laughs> they know there's no danger and they want to they and yeah, they yeah. want that ball 
and you know those that, that adds something to the mix that that is very hard to uh spin into something that feels rewarding whilst also seeming realistic yeah so yeah they're they're in a bit of a troubled spot but the fact that they managed to get it under control last year suggests that there is a way to do it and they probably just need to find their way back to that yeah yeah agreed and that's a good point to end it i think some good questions actually we didn't get so i think all of them they'll i'm sure get brought in uh, the listener questions in a future week continue to ask those via at foot weekly pod footweekly at mail.com or in the pod priority questions channel in the discord right then uh, ivan dr nightwatch thank you very much for coming on the podcast it's always great to have your expertise thanks for having me again and uh wish everyone yeah. a nice year and a nice FIFA 23 indeed and actually where can people catch you because i know you do do a bit of streaming here and there um you're certainly on twitter twitter at dr nightwatch and from there same socials in terms of twitch and instagram but mostly through twitter yeah and we should say it's night as in the night time yes not the man in shining yes. armor. um but yeah good good to clarify that thank you ivan and uh thank you very much as well to josh aka spreadsheet fifa which is where you can find josh if you didn't hear him talking about league SBCs and you think i'd like some of that we talk about it on the sporter content episode but josh will have plenty on his social media uh, and various other places too indeed indeed uh thank you for having me on i've i've, I've learned something new today the uh heel to heel ball roll heel to ball roll around the keeper i've never even thought to try it before so yeah that will uh, enter my lexicon now yeah looking forward to trying that too and finally a man who's definitely looking forward to trying lots of new gameplay things brammers yeah great to have you back on two podcasts thank you very much it's been lovely yes i've got lots of homework and i won't show my face again <laughs> unless i have actually attended to some of it <laughs> yeah and actually if anyone decides to then let us know how you get on these things are i think fun to learn and what else is fun a 36,000 FIFA point giveaway going on on the Patreon at the moment. If you're a supporter, get involved. If you're not yet a supporter, then it's a great time to support. Remember, you get an extra podcast every week. This week, it'd be the content pod. Next week, gameplay. It's just £3 a month. It's super easy and convenient to join up. You can go to bit.ly slash pod 23 points or just search support foot weekly if you do consider it then thank you very much and if not perhaps you consider subscribing via the various different podcast platforms so you can get this main feed podcast into your podcast providing app if you're listening on youtube then drop a like leave a comment it really helps and finally a big thanks to all those supporters keeping the podcast going including those icon patrons dave b hugh j coach vass dj fifa player Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Dan W, Waterman, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Alec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K and Brian V. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W and Pato Foot 
for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.